All right, tonight we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25. And so if you'd like to turn there today and you'd like to read it, we'd love for you to do the same. Amen. Good to see you back in the house of the Lord. Good to see some of y'all that were sick. Good to see y'all back. Appreciate you being back. We sure missed y'all. All right, chapter 25. So there's 28 verses. Three of y'all guys? All right. How about nine? Come on. Nine verses, okay. Hold on, hold on. We got, we got, we got a straggler. Seven verses, okay? Seven verses. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, Hezekiah king of Judah, co copied. copied out. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. The heaven for height and the earth for depth, and the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. Put not forth thyself in the presence of the king, and stand not in the place of great men. For better it is that it be said unto thee, Come up hither, than that thou shouldst be placed put lower in the presence of the prince whom thine eyes have seen. Thank you. Come on. Wow, yes, stand up. Go not for, go not for hands. Hastily. Hastily to strive. Lest thou know not what to do in the end, therefore, therefore, thereof, when they, when they, thy neighbor have put thee to shame, debate the cut cause with the neighbor himself and discover not a secret to an, to another. Lest he uh, hear of and put thee to shame, and thy inf infamy. infamy turn not away. A word of fit fitly. fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver, as a earring of gold in a ornament. Or ornament. Of fine gold, so is wise. It, so is a wise re reprover. Reprover upon a obedient. obedient ear, as a cold of snow in the time of har of harvest. Uh -huh. So is a faithful messenger to them that send him to them. Send him for. He, he refreshes the soul of of his masters. Whoso boasted himself of a false gift is like is like clouds of wind and without rain. Thank you. He did well, didn't he? Yes. Hey, Maya. I don't know if I'd have done that at his age. By long forbearing is the prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. Hast thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith, and vomit it. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. A man that beareth false, false witness against his neighbor is a maul, and a sword, and a sharp arrow. Confidence is an unfaithful man in time of trouble, is like a broken tooth, and a foot out of joint. As he that taketh away a garment in cold weather, and as vinegar upon nitre, so is he that singeth songs to a heavy heart. 
If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Thank you, sister. The old guy. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. The north wind driv uh, driveth away rain, so thou hast an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman and in a white house. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so was good news from a far country. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. It is not good to eat much honey, so for man to search their own glory is not glory. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Amen. Thank you. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah chapter 9 tonight. I, I want to begin a, a message tonight. Don't, I won't finish it. Won't, won't finish it at all. But I want to begin. I called it the road to the revival. The road to revival. We find in chapter 9 some good days that was taking place. And we're going to read verses 1 through 3 tonight. Verses 1 through 3. It says, Now in the twenty and fourth day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloth and earth upon them. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. They stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one fourth part of the day and another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we are thankful tonight, Lord, for these young people, Lord, reading the Word of God. Father, I'm so helped tonight already, Lord. If you would just close the service now, Lord, I'd be blessed just because of what I heard tonight. Thank you again, Lord, for the singing that we're able to sing and the, the way, dear God, that we can worship you. Father, we're asking now, Lord, that you'd help us to understand God's Word more clearly. Father, we know that this passage took place and all that took place in Nehemiah back in the 447 B.C. And yet today, dear God, it still can be applied to our lives and our hearts. We're looking for help today. We're looking for help from God. We pray, Lord, that you lead and guide the service. May you guard our lips and our mind. May you anoint us and fill us with the Spirit of God. May you move down deep in our hearts today. God, take us, dear God, to newer heights and better places. And Father, today, dear God, may we know that we met with God. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so we find here this evening when the children of Israel were in a good place, I want to call it a revival. I want to call it a revival because if you turn to chapter 1 of Nehemiah and look in verse 2 with me, Nehemiah chapter 1 in verse 2, we find where Nehemiah was and where Israel was. We find in verse 2 it says that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came and he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. Great affliction and reproach. And he goes on to say, The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Now when you read chapter 9 and verses 1 through 3, do you see any change? Do you see anything in difference? In chapter 1 we find that Nehemiah said that they were, they were in affliction. Uh, they were there with the... Uh, Walls broken down and the gates burned up. And we find uh, here in chapter 9 uh, that they are not in that condition. They're not in the condition of needing a revival. They're in the condition of a revival. My question to you tonight, and I ask you to follow with me these next few weeks and however long it might take uh, through Nehemiah, how can we have revival? How can we start out in chapter 1 and verses 2 and verse 3 and end up in verse 9 or chapter 9? I would think tonight that chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 
when it says that they're in affliction, great affliction and, and reproach, and the, the wall is broken down and the gates are burned with fire, that means there's been just destruction. There's just confusion. There's no worship going on. There's nothing going on with God there. There's absolutely nothing happening. There's no moving of the Lord. That they are just the remnant. Uh, they're just making it. Uh, they're just living. Uh, they're just going through what they have to go through in order for them to live through it. But in chapter 9, man, we see something different. We, we see some people come together. We see some people worshiping. We see people read the Word of God. Uh, we're seeing some praise going on. We're seeing something taking place in chapter 9. Now, I want to know tonight, how do we get from chapter 1 to chapter 9? How do we get there? Well, tonight I'm going to preach out of chapter 9 because I want us to see the result of what a revival could mean. Uh, what does it mean for us to have a revival? Or do we, are, are we just happy to stay in chapter 1 when things are broken down and things are burned up and things are affliction and things are troubling and, and really there's no movement of God, there's no, there's no praising of God, there's no worship of God. Or chapter 9 where it seems like there's life. You know, I talk about like revival took place. So you think about revivals, but what is revival? Well, if you look at chapter 1, verse chapter 9, uh, you'll find that there was a spiritual reawakening. Because right. in chapter 1, that wasn't taking place in Jerusalem. It was broken down and burned up. It was afflictions and pains and agonies going on. But in chapter 9 now, there is a reawakening. In other words, that means that there was a state of dormancy. Whenever we need revival, it's because we're in a state of dormancy. And that's what was happening in chapter 1. Uh, the, gates were, the gates were down. The walls were down. Uh, great affliction with the people. They were just dormant. Nothing was happening. God was not moving. God was not in. God was not being worshipped and praised. And so it's dormant. The second thing that revival means is spiritual reawakening. In fact, that there is a condition of stagnation. It was just stagnant. It was just there. It was like I'm numb. It's like I'm just kind of going through the motions. It's like I'm just kind of, I'm here tonight, bro. But really, man, I don't have much feeling going on. I mean, I'm here Sunday. I'm here, I'm here this. I do that. I read my Bible, but I don't get anything out of it. I pray. It seems like there's, my prayers don't get above the ceiling. You know, I, I do as I ought to do. I'm living right. I'm doing right. I, I'm not doing wrong, but it just don't seem like I'm getting any headway. It don't seem like I'm getting any exciting. It don't seem like I'm getting more, uh, you know, more hungry and thirsty for righteousness and for, for us to know God more. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm not saved, and I'm not saying that I don't know the Lord. And I'm not saying I don't love the Lord, but I'm just in a home. Yeah. I'm just kind of like in a place of, uh, and I don't like it. And I don't want to be there. Man, I want to be excited. I, I want what I had when I got saved. Man, I want, that, I want that time when I got born again, man, that joy in my heart. And boy, I had a desire in my heart to serve the Lord. I told everybody and their dog about Jesus. I mean, I couldn't put down the Word of God. I mean, the Spirit of God, every time I come to church, I was just real to me. I want that back, don't you? Sure. And we find tonight that we see that revival is bringing that back. Glory. Bringing you out of the condition of stagnation. Bringing you out of the position in place of dormancy. Also spiritual awareness tonight, or spiritual or revival is spiritual reawakening, but it's also spiritual awareness. Awareness of loving God. Have we forgot about loving God? We love our children. We love our spouses. We love our dogs. We love our cats. Some of y'all might have birds. You love your birds. How about you, you love your job? You, you love your career? You love your church? I mean, you love your home? You love your car? You like, but how about loving God? You know, we need a re, we need a re awareness. Bring awareness to our heart, God, to love you. Many times we just go through the motions and many times we go through the times of life and we say, you know what, did I love God today? That might be a question you ought to ask yourself this evening. Did I love God today? 
I mean, I love my children. I love my spouse. I love my job. I love my boss. I love my dog. I pet on him a little while. I, I, I love, but did I love God? Another thing about this spiritual awareness is not only loving God, but appreciating holiness. Appreciating the holiness of God. Appreciating it. That God's holy. And then when God saved me, He saved me unto holiness. And I can live a holy life. Appreciating that. That I've been pulled out of the bars. I've been pulled out of pornography. I've been pulled out of cussing. And I've been pulled out of the drudge of life and out of the depravity of man. I've been pulled out of the armpit of the nation. I've been pulled out of things tonight that I hate and I don't like. And I don't even want to think about them tonight. I mean, do we appreciate holiness? That God is putting us a holiness that we can live right with God. Amen. And appreciating that. I know I appreciate holy, but awareness tonight. I'm talking about revival. What is it? Revival tonight is a passion for the Bible. Yeah. I'm talking about a passion for God's Word tonight. The night that the reason why you're going to come to the house of God tonight is because Brother Larry is going to open the Word of God and we're going to get in it. Amen. That's why I want to come. The, word, the passion for the Word of God and that I can't just read one verse. i got to read several verses. And then when I read those verses, i got to figure out what they mean. Then after I figure out what they mean, I've got to go a little further and find out uh, where, where else in the Bible. And so there is a passion. Not just a like, not just a interesting, not just a curiosity, not just kind of want to, uh, you know, kind of deb in this thing. No, it's a passion in my heart. The Bible, the Word of God. See, it's revival. Revival is a spiritual awareness in that I'm faithful to the house of God. That the house of God takes precedence over everything. It is above and beyond anyone, any event, any situation, anything that becomes, it's the house of God. I will be faithful to it. See, that's a revival. Amen. You'll find that when we're in that place of great affliction and great reproach and the walls are broken down and the, the gates are, are, are on fire and you'll find that there's not really much going on, the first thing that's lacked is church, church attendance. Yes. You say, how do you know the church needs revival? Well, if we look at attendance on Sunday and you look at attendance on Wednesday, you can answer the question, what do we need? We need a revival. We need a spiritual awareness. Is the Word of God on Wednesday night? Is it important on Sunday morning? Is it you coming to church on Sunday morning? Even as important to come Wednesday night? Is it the different scripture? Is it the different preacher? Is it the different preaching? What's different? The only thing's different, it's a different day. But when you have that desire of the Word of God, and then you have that faithfulness to the house of God, and then there's the conviction of sin. See, when you become revived or in revival, there's going to be conviction of sin. You're not going to be able to watch the TV like you used to. You're not going to be able to look on your phone as you used to. You're not going to be able to speak to people like you used to. You're not going to be able to have that attitude like you used to. You're not going to be able to roll your eyes and, and grip your lips and, and you're going to have to just turn your head and, and you're going to just have to go off someplace in a little hole somewhere and you're just rude and you're crude. You can't do that no more. Revival. Spiritual awareness. Revival means a spirit of humility. It's not about me. I'm just not that important. I'm not the one who has to be pleased. I'm not the one that has to be the star. I don't have to be the one uh, that makes all the decisions and all the choices. Humility. That's revival. Revival tonight is when there's a desire to repent. So I don't have to tell you to repent. That's just your desire. Nobody has to force you to repentance. It's just a desire in your heart. So that's revival. Revival when there's desire of repentance, when you live in the state of repentance, when every day of your life you're repenting. When you come to the house of God, you're repenting. When you go home, you're repenting. You're repenting, you're repenting, you're repenting. The life of repentance is a child of God in revival. We find growing in Christ. That's revival. When's the last time you grew? When's the last time you got some nugget from the Word of God that has put a thrill in your heart? 
And you said, wow, didn't know that. I'm telling you what, that's good. I tell you what I learned this week. And I tell you, in Genesis chapter 6, it says that the reason why that God destroyed the world, because the world was filled with violence. Y'all know that verse there in, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 6? That word violence there in the Hebrew, the Hebrew word is Hamas. Does that sound familiar? Hamas? Like in Israel attacking Israel? Jesus said, before the Son of Man cometh, that you can tell because it would be the days of Noah. What was in the days of Noah? Hamas. What's in Israel today? Or the fight going on with Israel? Hamas. Is that coincidence? That's a nugget I learned this week. I said, I shout that deal out, man. I said, I like that. Hamas in the Bible? And in Israel? And why God destroyed the whole world is because of Hamas? Violence? And we find tonight. But see, those things like that, men are to just say, yeah. I mean, put electricity through you. Right? We find the last thing is living in righteousness. It's an awareness of revival. Living in righteousness. I want to live right. I'm not interested in wrong. I'm not in, I, I will fail and I make mistakes and I do accidents. But as soon as I do, I want to repent of them. I want to make it right with everyone. I don't want anyone to be angry with me. I don't want anyone to be offended over me. I don't want anyone to have any type of uh, uh, something against me. Now, if I say something, like I said this week, uh, to a guy at our, that was riding with me, and he was in captivity in my truck. I'm driving, and he's passenger. Doors locked when I start and go. He's there. And so he's a new guy. And in being a new guy, we have to talk about the Lord. All right? So that's just part of my job. And so we're talking about the Lord, and uh, his name is Adrian. And I said, hey, Adrian, I said, uh, do you know the Lord? Do you know God? And so he said, uh, you know, I pray every morning. He's a Spanish guy, and so he said he prayed in Spanish. He said, but my grandma taught him the prayer. So 40-something years now, he prayed every morning. The same prayer. And the prayer went something like this. He, he said, thank you for the day you've given me. Thank you for the family that you gave me. Thank you for the home that I have. I ask you to keep my family safe. I ask you to keep my, 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 li my wife safe and bring us back home this evening. And, and uh, we just want to say to you, God, that, uh, that you, know, it's, uh, you just take care of us and you provide for us. So when he got done telling me that, I asked him a couple of questions. I said, number one, who's this God you're talking to? He said, I don't know. It's just what I've been taught. So he's pretty honest about that. And uh, he said, well, he said, maybe while I'm talking to you, you can tell me who the God I'm talking to. I said, I could, I could tell you who God is. And I said, here's my second question, though. I said, you have said nothing except that you're selfish. Because everything you ask God is about you. You don't care about your family. I'm talking about your, her family or your brothers and sisters. You don't care about the neighbor. You don't care about the co-worker. You don't care about anybody but you and your family. It got quiet. I mean, I'm talking about nothing. I couldn't even hear the wheels run. I said, so you're selfish? You don't care about nobody but yourself. I said, let me tell you something. I said, and I'm driving. And uh, I said, let me, let me tell you something. I said, you go home. or Let's say before you got married, you went to your wife and you said this to her. You said, listen, honey, I love you so much that I want to marry you. But this is what I want from you. I want you to clean the house every day. I want you to fix dinner every day. I want you to uh, make sure that my, my clothes are folded and put up in the right places. And I want you to take care of our kids. I want you to make sure that you bathe them and clothe them and teach them. And I want you to make sure that, that all things are in order in the house. And you won't get nothing from me. But this is what I want from you. Would she marry you? She'd look at you and say, man, you're a fool. But this is what you're doing, Adrian. 
You're calling on this God that you don't even know who He is, and you're asking Him everything, telling Him everything about what He's going to do, what He's going to do for you, what He's doing for you, what He's doing for you. Let me ask you something, Adrian. What have you done for God? Forty-three years you called on this God. It's all been selfish needs. But what have you done for God? He turned white as a ghost. He didn't know what to say. I knew he wasn't going to know what to say. Then I began, I said, right there, I said, he said, nothing. I've done nothing for God. I said, you know what? But God did something for you. And I started talking about Jesus. I said, what God wants from you is your heart. And I say to you that this was yesterday when we was talking. And, uh, and so he said, uh, man, he said, I, I hear you. I hear you. He said, you're right. He said, I have been selfish. And, and I don't even know if I know this God that, that I'm calling out to. And you know what? Uh, I've done nothing for God. That's scary. And so he came in this morning and he said to me, he said, hey, listen, I changed my prayer up. I, I, started, I started praying different. He said, I'm not so selfish no more. He said, but I'm almost saved. I'm almost saved. Y'all pray for Adrian. He needs to be born again. But what I'm saying today is you and I have to come to the place in our lives when we need revival. And we need revival by spiritual awareness, by spiritual reawakening, but then spiritual advancing. That means tonight that a fresh start. Now, wouldn't you like to leave out of here tonight with a fresh start? That's revival. How about now a fresh start? How about a clean slate? Then you come to God tonight and say, not God only do you give me a fresh start, would it start out even, but a clean slate. I mean, all that I've done, all that I've acted up, all the dumb, crazy stuff that I've, man, it's just clean, clean slate. That's revival. Revival, friend, is not only a clean slate and a fresh start, but revival tonight is a new beginning. Wouldn't you want that? And that's what's happening in, verse, in chapter 9. It's almost like being born again, again. Born again, again. It's excitement. It's eagerness, it's enthusiasm, it's energy, it's enjoyment, and it is engagement. Now, that's the water I want to be, don't you? But tonight, I don't know where we are. Are we in chapter 1? Are we in chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7? I want to get to chapter 8. Tonight, in my endeavor, is to tell us and show us what chapter 9 is so that we can have a taste of what we want with revival. Just a taste of it so that we can have a goal to reach. That we can have something to look at. The Bible says without a vision, people perish. Tonight I want to preach out of chapter 9. I know you're probably saying, brother, I don't know if you're going to get there. But I want you to look at chapter 9 and I want you to see that, man, we can get there, church. If Nehemiah and all the children of Israel can get there in there in chapter 1, man, their great affliction and reproach, I mean, burned down, tore down. It was a total disaster and mess in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, chapter 9, man, this shouting, and man, it's going on. God help us to get there. But I believe there's some things that we need to know. And the first one is we're going to have to have this vision of getting there. We're going to have to say, man, I want it. I want it. I want to get there. I want revival, Lord. We've been talking about it for 27 years. We've been saying we need revival for a long time. And yet tonight, we still need it. So let's see, number one, I want you to notice tonight in chapter 9 of Nehemiah, we'll just go as far as we can and then we'll close it up and continue on some other day, but we'll, we'll get to it. I want you to notice, number one, the meeting. The meeting for revival. The Bible says in chapter 9, verse 1, Now in the twenty and fourth day of this month of the children of Israel were assembled. Meeting. If our church tonight is going to have revival, we're going to have to assemble. We've got to come together. We're not going to have no revival if we can't come together. We've got to come together tonight. And boy, that encouraged me tonight for every service that I, I, I'm going to attend because I want revival. Yes. 
I might miss it. I'd hate to miss a service and no revival took place. Man, that would be awful. Come back and everybody, everybody's energetic and they're excited and everybody's got all this energy and everybody's jumping around. Everybody's praising God. Glory, hallelujah, man. I mean, there's all kinds of excitement going on and you walk and you're going, what happened to this church? I missed one service. Yeah? And revival took place. So we had a symbol, right? We got to come together. The children of Israel would have never. They would have still been just like out there. But man, they assembled, the Bible said. Number, number one, concerning the assembling, I noticed that they assembled with fasting. In other words, when they came together, they came with selflessness. You see, fasting tonight is a type of discipline. It's a type of denying yourself. It's a type of saying that I will not allow the flesh to control my life. I will not allow motions and feelings uh, uh, to take me to where they want to take me. I am going to the house of God and I'm going to go with a fasting and that is just empty myself of this world and empty myself of me and empty myself of what I might think or what I might want and I'm just going to go and symbol myself with the house of God and that is selflessness. But wouldn't it be good tonight that we can come together and assemble together and self would be out there? Yes. <laughs> we wouldn't have our own agendas. We wouldn't have our own thoughts of how things are to go. Uh, we won't complain about something that didn't go the way you thought it ought to go. I mean, you're not here trying to present your, your place or your side. or uh, You're selfless. Fasting. Selflessness. Number two, I noticed not only selflessness, but I noticed pridelessness. Pridelessness. The Bible says that when they came, they came in with sackcloth. Sackcloth. That's prideless, friend. When, you, when you're out in the public and you put on these sackcloths, there's no ego with that. There's no arrogancy with that. Now, there is some arrogance and ego when you got a nice suit on and you got a nice robe on and you got a nice clean, uh, you know, outfit on and, and you're presenting it to the public and they're saying, boy, that's shiny. Boy, that's pretty. Boy, I tell you, that's flashy. I'm telling you what, man, you're looking good. You're looking fine. I mean, you're the best you ever looked. No, that's ego. That's pride. That's good. That's like, you know, everybody who got dressed tonight, uh, you got dressed and you didn't look in the, in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm putting on the worst I got. <laughs> no, you put on the best you got tonight. You put on the best that you got. You put on the best what you had and you come to the house of God and you've done it well tonight. And so we find tonight, it's almost like that guy said, he said, when you look in the mirror, you said, you, you said to the self, you said, you know what, uh, I, I appreciate you. As you're talking to the mirror, you're talking to you, right? I appreciate you. And the person in the mirror said, no, no, I appreciate you. <laughs> man, that's, that's something, ain't it? I thought about that for a little while. I said, man, that's amazing right there. We find tonight that, this, that these people tonight who came assembling, they came selfless, they came prideless, but then thirdly, I notice they came joyless. They came, the Bible says, with earth upon them. There was no joy. He said, brother, I ought to come to church with no joy. Well, there's burdens that were upon him. There was things in their life that just didn't add up. There was things that they were doing that just wasn't right. There was behaviors and spirits that just wasn't what God would want. They come into the house of God and they come. But when they came, they came joyless with dirt on them. For I'm saying tonight, if we're ever going to see revival, we're going to have to meet. And we're going to have to meet in this condition. We can't continue thinking tonight we're okay. We can't continue thinking that our church is just as righteous as it can be. We can't keep on thinking that each personal walk with God is just exactly as it ought to be. 
I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I'm trying to get revival. And we're not going to have a revival tonight unless we get some joylessness. We're going to get some selflessness. And we're going to find ourselves tonight with pridelessness. And that's how they came. They assembled that away. And so you said, boy, it sure started kind of weird. It did, but boy, it sure ended good. You know that right there in the way of the way they assembled, it was the state of humility. Just a people of humility. And boy, that's where God wants us to get tonight. It's the place of humility. I'm just humble. God, make us humble tonight. Remove from us anything and everything that will reveal an arrogancy. Remove it, God. Bring us to humility. Humble us. Humble us. It's also a state of humility, but it's a state of honesty. Let's get honest tonight. Let's get honest about our walk with God. Get honest about our sin in our lives. Let's get honest about our attitude. Let's get honest. We can have humility. Oh, but we need some honesty. And boy, that's what happened here. They were getting honest. We see thirdly tonight that the stage that they were hurting. They were hurting tonight. The Bible says that they had, they had sackcloth and earth upon them. Let's look at a few verses tonight about others who had this sackcloth. Look at Esther. Esther, which is Nehemiah than Esther. Look at Esther chapter 4. And look at verse 1. Now I want you to notice a guy named Mordecai. So he heard that, they heard that through a letter that there was going to be a destruction uh, to kill and to cause perishing of all Jews in verse 13 of chapter 3. And he heard all that. And what did Mordecai do? The Bible says in verse 1, When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and a bitter cry. That was humility. That was honesty. He was hurting. How would he demonstrate that? He demonstrated it by renting his clothes and sackcloth with ashes. Verse 2, And it came before the king's gate, none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In other words, that, that's, not, that's not a material, that's not a garment you wear going to the king. And in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping, wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it. Then the, was the queen exceedingly grieved. She went she, she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai to take away the sackcloth from him. He received it not. You know why? Because he was selfless and prideless and joyless. That's why. He needed something to get done. He was about to be destroyed in all the children of Israel. It was no time, friend, to celebrate. It wasn't no time to go out and act like everything's okay. It, it's not the time to just present yourself as, okay, here's a decree going out and all of us are going to die and perish who are Jews. You know what? I'm just going to ignore that and live my life until the last day of my life. No. He went right in the city, I mean, right in the front, mourning and crying, put sackcloth, put dirt upon his head. I mean, he rented his clothes. He said, tonight, that's how we're going to get to revival. Look at another one, Jonah. Turn to Jonah with me. Chapter 3. Jonah. Aren't you glad we're going to learn the books of the Bible? Jonah, chapter 3 tonight. Look at verse 5. So, we, so the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. And the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne. He said, he, he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be the proclaimed and published throughout, through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. Let, let man... And beasts be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from his violence that is in their hands. Again, he preached. Here the king said, man, we got to do something. Hurt, prideless, 
and we find joyless, and we find here selfless. Y'all got to put all that away. Put on that sackcloth. Get in those ashes. Start the mourning. Because God has said He's going to destroy Nineveh. And we find tonight, if we're going to find revival, we're going to have to find it in the way that they assembled is the way we're going to have to assemble. Number two, the anoint, notice the, the meeting for revival, but I notice the marks to revival. The marks to revival. As we, as we looked here into this scripture tonight, we find in chapter 9 and verse 2. The Bible says, And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. Now here's some marks to revival. What's the first one? The first one is the departing from. The departing from. The Bible says that they have separated themselves from all strangers. Separated themselves from all strangers. Departing from. Tonight, if you and I are going to expect to have revival, we're going to have to separate ourselves from unchristlikeness. You got to separate yourself from anyone and everyone who's unchristlike. You got to separate yourself from every unbeliever. You got to separate yourself from every ungodly and unscriptural man, woman, boy, and girl. You got to separate yourself from them. You can't, you can't act as if all things are well. You can't go forth and act as if I'm a Christian and they're not a Christian. And you know what? They don't believe. I, I don't believe. And, you know, this, that, and the other. No, it don't work that way. Not for revival. See, revival is not when you're hanging out in the bars and you're hanging out with the friends that go to the bars. And uh, revival tonight is not those who cuss and you hang out with those who do cuss. And uh, revival tonight is, is not separating yourself from this world and the things of this world and the love of this world tonight. It's separating ourselves from this world. That's why revival hasn't come. We're interested in God coming down and, and giving us that renewing again and giving us that, that feeling again and that emotion again where, man, we just get high on God. And, and, but yet we're not interested tonight in separating. We're still holding on. Some of y'all still have the same old habits that you had before you made a profession of faith and now you, after you make a profession of faith, you're still in habits. I mean, listen, we've got to come to the place if our church is ever going to have revival is we've got to separate ourselves from everything that's unchristlike. Yes. If it's a movie, if it's music, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense tonight how Christians can watch the movies that come on the TVs tonight and watch what goes on. And it doesn't make no sense tonight. You can sit in your car driving, listening to country and western music and listen to rap and listen to uh, R&B and listen to anything and everything that the world produces tonight and come into the house of God and want to worship. You can't do that tonight. You can't be on your phone and you can't be looking at all the nonsense, TikTok here and, uh, and this and that and all that going on, friend, and come to the house of God and say, okay, I'm going to make it like a switch. Like I'm just going to turn it on. Now I'm in the house of God. I'm going to worship. And when you walk right out of here, you turn your radio on and you got all this nonsense going on. Come on. That don't work like that. No, sir. We can't cuss like a sailor, drink like a sailor, act like a fool. And then have, then, then have revival? There's going to be some separation going on. Yes. God help our church to be separate. You say, well, how are we going to win the sinners? You're going to win the sinners by being separate. <laughs> when they see you, that, that, guy, that guy Adrian, he said to me today, he said, you know what? He said, and he does, he cusses a lot. But he ain't cussed in front of me. He told me today, he said, I, feel, I, can't, I, I can't cuss in front of you. I said, man, I'm just a man. He said, no, 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 no. You're you, you different. And I cannot cuss in front of you. I said, well, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, because I can't stand cussing. But I'm just saying tonight, you say, well, how can you win this guy to the Lord? You can win this guy to the Lord by being separate from all other things and all other conversations. And when the guys go to the bars and when the guys go to the sports team and when the guys go fishing and when the guys go hunting and when the guys go out, when the guys are standing around their trucks and they're just standing around talking, you'll never see me in any of that. 
They think I'm a weirdo. They think I've lost my, lost my mind. They, they think that I have no, I, I don't laugh. They don't think that I have any life. They don't think, they think all I ever do is just go to church and, and go home and go to church and go home and everything. The only thing I ever talk about is God. I mean, they got me in such a wrong picture in a wrong place tonight because I'm not going to accept the way that they are. If I have to do it alone tonight, if I've got to go by myself tonight, in my home, if they don't want to, if they don't want to do what I do, and I'm not going to do what they're going to do tonight, I'm going to do it alone. I will die lonely. I want revival. Separate tonight. Separation tonight. That's what took place here. We find that they were separated. Uh, it was, they were distinguished. That word separated means distinguished. In other words, being distinguished tonight, and you might, you ever heard that term before when you heard somebody or see somebody and you say, boy, they look distinguished. It kind of means that, you know, they just kind of got a look that's different than everybody else. Their hair might be perfect or their, 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 their shirt or their pants may be just like, you know, photo on a, on a magazine or something or this when they talk they have a uh, they got good command of the English language there's just something about that guy he's distinguished that's what that word means that every one of us tonight in the eyes of the ungodly in the eyes of the world tonight they'll look at us and say boy it's distinguished they're distinguished there's just something about them hey that word also means distinct distinct the word separated means distinct. What does that mean? That means recognizable different. That's a distinct language or distinct vocabulary or a distinct uh, look. It just, it just, it's recognizable and it's different. That's what that word separate means tonight. And so we find tonight, how are we going to get to revival? How are we going to find? We're going to find it tonight. The marks of it is when we are departing from separating. Number two, when we are delivering from, not only departing from, but delivering from. Verse two, the Bible says that they are stood and confessed their sins. They are being delivered from, from their sins. They stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. The first thing I want you to notice is that their faith or their flesh was conquered. The Bible says they stood. They stood. You know what it takes tonight for you to stand? Your flesh to be conquered. You think about it at any time. When somebody stands out in the world, it's usually because the flesh has got out of control. Right? But in realm of spiritual things, when you stand... You conquer the flesh. How many times, this is just some silly illustration. How many times when we say, hey, anybody have anything to say, a testimony to give? And you want to stand and give a testimony, but you just can't make yourself do that? You ever been there like that before? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. But when you do do it, it's because you conquered the flesh. People are in the pew and they want to come get saved. They never do come get saved because they can't stand up and make that move. People who say, like, hey, any volunteers to do something? You want to volunteer, but you just can't. You can't stand up. Flesh. But these folks here tonight, I'm talking about the marks to revival. It's not only, it's a departing from, but it's a delivering from. Delivering tonight, and it's the flesh is conquered, and you're standing. You're saying tonight, I want to have revival. I stand. I stand tonight. I will not sit back. I will not sit down. I will not lay down. I will not just keep doing what I'm doing. I'll not just be the common, just the, the, average, the average, the normal. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. Tonight, number two, not only the flesh that is conquered, but I noticed tonight uh, the hearts, their hearts are confessing. I know they're confessing with their mouth, but they're confessing with their mouth what's in their heart. We find tonight that, that when it says confessed their sins. And so tonight if we are going to be in the place of revival, we've got to be delivered from our sins. We've got to be delivered tonight. We've got to begin to confess our sins. The Bible says confess our sins one to another. 
The Bible says confess our sins to God. The Bible teaches us tonight to confess our sins. And confessing our sins means this tonight. That word confess means to throw down stones. Throw down stones. So there's sin in our life. If we're going to confess it, we're going to throw it down like a stone. We're not going to say, hey, listen, I'm sorry that I got angry and I cussed you out. Then the next day you cuss out the same person. That's not throwing down the stone. That's keeping the stone. But when you throw down the stone, that means that you have now released the stone. You have now taken it from here and you've thrown it out. Throw out the stone. That's what confess means. They threw out the stone. They took their sin and they threw it out. Where's your sin tonight? Right here. You say, I don't want it there. You've got to confess it. What does that mean? You've got to throw it out. Tonight, it also means tonight, this word confess not only means to throw out, but it means to cast out. It means to cast out. The word cast out means that you do it with force. In other words, if somebody comes to you and says, man, would you please confess your sin? Man, I'll take you to Papa Cedars and eat you some, get you some fajitas. Just confess your sins. Because if you confess your sins, you're just going to make everything better in the home. You're just going to make everything good with the spouse. Just confess your sins. Please, I beg you, dub, double dog dare you. I mean, just with a cherry on top. Just please get this confess. But that's not what it means. It means to cast with force down the stones. That this sin that's in our lives, this sin that's in our hearts and our minds, this sin that's within us today, I'm so sick and tired of it. It is causing such grief. It's causing such unrest and unpeaceful in my heart. I have to cast it down with force. That's what it's saying. Confess. Throw it out. Cast it down. The third term that means for this word, this word confess here, it means to give away. Give away. You might have anger tonight. You got to come to the place where you give it away. Do we want to be in this place of revival or do we want to be in chapter 1 where it's greatly approached and afflictions and things are burned up and things are broken down? You saw marriage is broken up. There you go. The walls of my, around my house, the convictions have done crumbled up. What do you need? I need revival. What do I do? You stand and confess. Stand up. Say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. You didn't even know I had this thought of you. But I thought you was pretty stupid the other day. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the stupid one. Forgive me for even thinking of that. See, we don't do these things. We don't do our th- these things with our children. You know, it would be something for a father or a mother to go to their children and say, you know what, I sinned. I treated you wrong. I've been jealous I have treated you worse than the others. I have, been, I have not been right with you. Hey, spouse to spouse, friend to friend, parent to parent, work co-worker to co-worker, church member to church member. Just want to get right with you. Well, I didn't know anything was wrong with this. Oh, yeah, there's a lot wrong with this. It's right here. But I don't want to cast it down. You're talking about revival, friend. You'll get it then. You'll get revival in your home. You'll get revival in your church. You'll get revival in your heart. That's what we need. We need this tonight. We need it more than ever. We got Hamas <laughs> down there attacking Israel. Hezbollah on the other end. You got some other group in Syria coming another way. It's a forefront battle now in Israel. You know what we need? A revival. How are we going to get there? Stand and confess. It's time to throw it down. It's time to cast it out. It's time to give it away. How many more grudges are we going to keep? How much retaliation are we going to have? How much longer are we going to go with hurt in our heart toward our fathers when we were little and toward our mothers when we grew up? How much longer are we going to have any kind of hardships and heartaches and, and bitternesses and hatreds to those who've done us wrong when we were young? Or those who lied about us at work? 
or those who have said some things and done some things that has harmed me and hurt my reputation. How long are you going to hold on to that, dear child of God? When are we going to confess these things? That's what we need tonight. Confession. We find tonight in the way of their hearts are confessing, uh, let go of sin, get rid of sin, give up sin. Number three tonight, their minds are clearing. He says in verse 2, he says, and the iniquities of, our, of their fathers. And what they're saying there is this, is, is I just want to confess to you, to, to the Lord tonight in the way that, that the way that my mom and daddy lived, I took on some of their ways. I'm sorry. I took on their ways. You know, it's, it's crazy tonight, but you can have children and you can have, you can have ten good ways about you and two bad ways about you, and your children's going to take up the bad ways. Uh Don't make sense. That's how it works, though. Uh And we just got to get honest with God and say, hey, God, I'm following the fathers. I'm I'm following the way that that I was raised. I've followed things that, that, you know, that I shouldn't have followed. And, you know, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Also, that word that we're talking about the iniquities of the fathers is not that we followed their ways, but we've taken up their walk. You know, I hear this all the time. You know, my dad had a bad temper, and that's where I got it from. You hear that before? Man, my mama, she was got to be in control of everything. And you got to have control of everything. You know why? That's the way it was. See, there's some things tonight that we just need to confess about our fathers that we have taken up in our family. We have taken up some bad habits. We have taken up some sin. We have taken up some attitude. We have taken up, we have taken up things tonight that just needs to let go. Mm-hmm. It's not about our families anymore. It's about Jesus tonight. Right. It's not about our past and what we've done. It's about Jesus and His forgiveness. Yes, it's not about all that we are and how bad we are tonight. It's about His blood tonight that brings forgiveness and remission of sins. God, we need revival. We find tonight their minds are clearing. Their hearts are confessing. Their flesh is conquering. And then lastly, or thirdly tonight, there is a differing from. Not only a departing from and a, and a delivering from, but there's a differing from. I want you to notice in verse 3. It says, and there stood up in their place and read in the Bible or in the book of the law of the Lord their God one fourth part of the day another fourth part they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God there was a differing from there's something different taking place here something's happening that hasn't been happening a differing it's just something happening they stood up and as they stood up there was a respect toward the Word of God. It said there, the Bible says, and they stood up in their place and read the book of the law of the Lord. they never done that before. And now they have a respect of the Word of God, a differing from. I used to not have a respect for the Word of God, but I do now. See, that's beginning in a revival here, a revival when you got respect for the Word of God. How do I have respect for the Word of God? Well, bring your Bible. Bring your Bible to church. That's a respect for the Word of God. Whenever we ask to open up the Bible, you open it up. That's a respect for the Word of God. We ask you to go to a certain place, Nehemiah chapter 9. You go to Nehemiah chapter 9. That's respect for the Word of God. And then the Word of God, when it leaves out of here, you just don't throw it in your back seat. You don't throw it in your trunk. You don't throw it in the back. You know how you got the back seat and then you have that little, that little ledge behind the back seat? A lot of things get set up in that little edge. And that heat of the sun would come and just curl up your, your Bible. You don't, have, you don't take your Bible. It's not a paperweight. You don't take it home and have a bunch of papers. Set your Bible on it so those papers stay still. You don't put anything on your Bible. You don't put Cokes on your Bible, drinks on your Bible, papers on your Bible. You take your Bible, you hold it, you cherish it, look upon it, you love it. You handle it with care and compassion. You set it in safe places. You don't allow it to get wet, to get dry. You open it 
You read it. You meditate upon it. You memorize it. It's in your heart. Respect. If we want revival tonight, we're going to have to find ourselves respecting the Word of God. We say here, secondly tonight, in the respect of the Word of God, there was the reading of the Word of God. The Bible says they read in the book of the law. Uh, in the reading of the book of the law of the Word of God is meaning tonight that these are the words of the Lord God. Tonight as I read tonight, these are the words of the Lord their God. Man, these are the words. These not only are the words of the Lord their God, but these are the thoughts of the Word, the Lord of their God. The thoughts. This is not only the Word and the thoughts tonight, but this is the wisdom of the Lord their God. Man, if you want to know the mind of the Lord, right here. You want to know the heart of God? Right here. You want to know the will of God? Right here. Man, I, I believe tonight as human beings that it's hard for us to fathom how much we neglect the word of their God. Yeah. Now, if this was the word of, of Muhammad, it would carry no importance. This was the word of Confucius or the word of Buddha or the word of somebody else today, Mother Teresa or the Pope or whatever. But this is the word, the thoughts, the wisdom of thy God. Amen. You talk about something. Yes. Man, this is something we need to... our hearts, don't we? I mean, this is God's word. This is, this is settled in heaven right here. I mean, how will we get revival when this right here becomes something in our lives? It's something we look upon, something that we read, something we cherish, something we love, not something we worship. We worship the God of the Bible, but the Bible. Oh, when we open it up, Boy, it ought to bring some joy. We get to hear the pages move. Boy, that ought to give us some help. We get to hear little kids say it. Man, that ought to make us shout. I'm just saying tonight, we get to come Wednesday night, and we get to hear what thus saith the Lord. Whew. What a Bible. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Revival. The road to revival. How can we get there? I want to get there so bad. I'd like to have revival before Jesus comes. I'd like to see the Lord just meet with us in such a way. Oh, the reading of the Word of God, the reverence of the Word of God. Oh, it's nothing. Don't overlook your Bible. Don't, over, don't underestimate your Bible. Don't neglect it nor ignore it. Boy, I tell you tonight, the revival, how we'll get there, well, that's the marks of it. If we can find ourselves in this line of thought tonight, finding ourselves in the marks of revival, we can get there. What is the marks? Well, standing. Confessing our sins, confessing the sins of our fathers, reading the Word of God, and being respectful to it by standing. Well, thank God, help us tonight. Anybody like to come pray? Maybe they, you might just want to say, Lord, I need revival. I, I really do, and I, I, I want to be able to do whatever I need to do that my church tonight could see revival. Not just you personally, but our church together as we gather together. I'd love to see revival. But when we get to see revival, we're going to see some people we've been, we've been praying for get saved. We're going to see them get born again. We're going to see some of our children <clears throat> surrender. We'll find some folks tonight that decide that they want to serve the Lord. They want to be a pastor or a missionary. 
You'll, you'll, you'll see a difference tonight in a church that's in revival. The road to revival. The meeting. The marks. Anybody else like to come tonight? Just lay out before the Lord. Lord, I, just teach me these things, Lord. I don't know much. I don't know much, but teach me these things. I need, I need a revival. I need it bad. Would you come tonight? Some have come. Would you come? Would you come and just say, Lord, I, I'm looking around in my life. I'm looking around in our church. Boy, we need revival tonight. We do. to be holy, speak off with thy Lord, abide in him always, and feed on his word, make friends of God's children, help those who are weak, forgetting in to seek. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus shalt be thy friends in thy conduct his likeness shall see take time to be holy be calm in thy soul each thought and each Spirit to fountains of love, thou soon shall be filled.